This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Rob Cherry here on a Sunday afternoon, March 29th. Was to be game three of the Philly season. Everything is on hold. Mike Kern joins us right now, my good buddy Mike Kern. Uh, Mike, normally this time of the year is March Madness, and I don't know what. Well, we I'm watching Villanova beat Georgetown. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was one of the classic. Now you weren't covering Villanova back then. You were no, covering... no, no, no. I was probably still doing high schools. Right, right. Um, it, it's it's amazing, Rob, watching the game. How different basketball. This was the last year before the shot clock. And the shot clock originally was 45. Right. But um, the game was just different. I mean, it was just, you know, it's funny watching on TV. You know, we're so used to seeing the score be there all the time now. It it isn't back then. Like, they'll flash the score up, you know, every couple possessions or whatever. But sometimes you're sitting there one trying to wonder what the score is. And um, just different, just, you know, different times. I mean, hey, look. 1985 was different than 1960. So, I mean, you know, and I'm sure 2045, uh, you know, life is going to be different. Well, there are a couple things I wanted to, uh, aside from all the other things that are going on, I wanted to get you about. But uh, Mike Jensen had a story, I believe, in today's Inquirer about uh, four four high school standouts in, like, 2013 that all were set to go. They were all talking about going to Temple together. You're, I don't I'm, think Mike wrote the story. I think it was actually one of their good young uh, guys. The Michael, I'm going to get his name wrong. I met him a couple times. Um, it wasn't Mike. Mike's been doing some really good right. stuff. Um, yeah, it was when, look, do I think those four kids were ever going to go there? I mean, they all went to top whatever, except for the one kid ended up at Robert Morris, and I don't know if he had issues. The one kid wound up going to three schools. The one kid, Rashid Jordan, he he had his own issues. He went to St. John's. I, I mean, look, it's great to sit there and go, wow, Temple had gotten those four guys, and they would have made a run to the Final Four in, in 214. I I mean, you know, Rashid Jordan went to St. John's. They didn't do anything. Um, the other kid went to Arizona. I think he stayed a year. He's in the NBA. Well, he was uh, Raheel um, Jefferson's brother. So that, yeah, that there was a I thought mean, he might go to Temple because his brother had gone there. Yeah, it's, it's like the thought, and I don't mean to sound cynical, it's like the thought that Kobe was going to go to LaSalle. Right. I mean, I, and I'm, I'm not saying, Rasheed Jordan, I think Temple was his two last, I'm trying to remember, because I'm not a great recruiting guy, but I think his two last choices were St. John's or Temple. And yeah, he they decided were. to get away from the neighborhood, right. which is why a lot of kids don't go to Temple. It's, it's just, you know, you grow up in Philadelphia, let me, you know, hey, I can go to Arizona? Yeah, okay. I don't think it was anything that dumped in. I know people will blame dump or whatever, you know. Um, and I guess maybe and maybe those four kids did get together at some point in their lives and say, hey, wouldn't it be cool maybe if we went here? Um, but, you know, they all wound up going to four different schools. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Rasheed Jordan was one of the top recruits 
in the country, and so was the kid from Chester. Um, I don't know if the other kids were quite – I mean, I think he ranked them. I think the lowest rank was 50 or 47 or something. You know, and, and the, the biggest recruit I think Temple's ever gotten, according to the numbers, for whatever that's worth, was um, uh, the big kid that set the rebounding record. LaVoy Allen. Um, LaVoy Allen. During the dunk Yeah, LaVoy Allen. Yeah. But let yeah. me ask you a question. Where was, I, where was Aaron McKee ranked coming out of high school? I don't think he was. Yeah. No. So, I, you know, Eddie Jones, you know, A-10 players of the year, NBA players. Mark Macon was a, a, a big-time recruit. Um, Rick Brunson was a big-time recruit. He was a McDonald's All-American. Donald Hodge. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Lynn Greer was a big, big-time recruit. He was a pretty damn big-time player. Yep. So, you know, I, I always say this about recruiting, Rob. It, it's great. You can go out and get – you know, I've seen um, Jalen Brunson was one of the top recruits in the country, and he was great. But I've seen Jay win national titles with kids who were 60th best in the country or 80th best in the country. And, you know, it is what it is. Kentucky, Kentucky gets great kids. Duke gets great kids. Carolina gets great kids. I don't see them winning the title every year. So, you know. That's true. Now, the other and thing. Raleigh's going, to, Raleigh's going to win this title. <laughs> and you know, the other team, You think Patrick, he's going to win. Patrick, you, you if they win. can hold on. Uh, yeah, they can hold on. <laughs> All right, so so uh, I, you're on Twitter, right? I, I do tweet. Yeah, I'm no. not a big Twitter guy because I think a lot of it is nonsense. Like, I tweeted something about a week and a half ago just saying, um, so do you think this is a hoax now? And some guy, <laughs> God forbid, gets on me. You don't know what you're talking about. So I went back and looked it up. On, and I'm not, look, I don't mean to make this, but this is what it is. Donald Trump's in a bad situation. I hope he's doing the best he can. He's my president, your president, he's everybody's president. And if there was a Democrat in there, they'd be having just as much tough time doing whatever they're going to do. On February the 28th, speaking in front of his supporters down in Carolina when they were holding, I think, a Democratic primary, he used the word hoax, as in it's the next hoax, as in the Democrats and the media is making too much of this. Now, as, as re, my Republican friends remind me, we should give him all the credit for shutting down the travel from China when he did. But a month ago, he was using the word hoax, okay, to describe this. Well, maybe not. And I'm not, I'm saying a lot of people probably at that time didn't think it was what it's going to be. I didn't think that it was what it's going to be. But you know what? I don't have to. He's the leader of the country. And I think he, look. I don't know if he's doing a great job, a good job. He's trying. He's trying to do the best he can, to, and he's got people poking at him from the health side, obviously, and the economic side. And it's not an easy balance to, um, you know, and then you get these idiots like this guy up in North Jersey the other day, or Ewing, who had a party for 50 of a corona party, catered party for 50 of his friends with a DJ. Well, somebody had a really? bonfire in Maryland that they had to shut down. Uh, the other, I think it was yeah, yesterday. Really? Yeah. What are these Thinking, uh, they're not thinking. And, and look, if it's well, college kids, I could say, all right, they're idiot college kids. But people in their 30s and 40s? Rob, this guy, well, this guy was 50. The problem isn't that I might get sick, okay? The problem is I could infect five or ten people. And they could infect five or ten people. And one of them could be your aunt or my aunt. or That's the problem that people don't get in all this is that we don't know. We don't have answers. You know, that's the problem. And because we don't have answers, you have to err on the side of being more cautious. And I understand the economy is going to go in the tank. I get that. And it's going to hurt 
a lot of people are going to get hurt in this. A lot of people are going to get sick. A lot of people are going to die. And we can just hope that we minimize it as best we can so hopefully we can come out of it right. as quickly as we can. And, to, and I don't have answers either. All right. To provide a little bit of levity, do you follow Mike Vrieswick on Twitter? Mike stood up. Mike was awesome. He stood up for me. I, don't, I only follow like 10 people. I don't, right. I'm not a big follow guy. Yeah. But Mike, when this guy took a shot at me, Mike Vrieswick came on <laughs> and tweeted something. I love Mike. Mike's one of my – he's a great kid. Uh, he tweeted, yeah – you and your three followers probably sitting in the basement at your parents' house. It was hilarious. I, I, so, and I retweeted it because, oh, uh, so Mike, Mike's my hero. Mike tweeted, obviously, this time of year, the you know teams uh, or teammates will get together or we'll talk with because I know he has sure. people out there. So he was tweeting, or they had like a FaceTime thing with a bunch of his teammates uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said in the middle of it, Coach Cheney calls him. And wants to, wants to know some answer to some trivia question or whatever it was that he knew that Mike would know the answer to. So Mike said, "Well, he put him on with everybody else, and they had a riot for about twenty minutes or so. I had a great John's time. John's the best. Yeah, you yeah. know that, Rob, and I know that. Yeah. You know, you know the funny thing is, Rob. Let's say they don't play the Masters this year, and I know they're going to try to do it, and, and they're not going to play the NCAA tournament. I don't know what's going to happen with baseball or NBA or NHL. Let's say, for the sake of argument, it's a worst case scenario, and there's there, there's well, we already know there's not an NCAA tournament. You know what? Life will go on. There'll be a Masters next year. There'll be an NCAA tournament next year. There'll be Well, we know there's going to be an Olympics next year. They're going to try. And I understand it hurts. If, if you're a kid that would have played in the tournament this year or a coach who would have coached at both men and women and all levels, Division Two, Division Three, whatever, you know, that's what you played for your whole life. I get it. It stinks. But you know what? We as a nation – there will be a Masters in 2021, I'm pretty sure, and a U.S. Open and a Ryder Cup at some point. So let's all get good first. And then, you know, this is probably the toughest thing we're ever going to have to deal with in our lives. You know, like the people that went through the Depression in World War II, my parents. You know, um, that wasn't easy on them. Um, and then we had to go through 9-11. Although that was a different kind of thing because we weren't getting infected. I mean, the first responders got infected. It later on they found out but i mean that was a you know obviously a tragic thing that we all had to endure and we're, and we're still living that to a certain extent but you know it's it's going to get bad it's probably going to get worse but you know we're going to get through it i firmly believe that we're going to get through it um you know and and we'll be and we'll be better off for it hopefully um but you know this week week would have been final four week i'm guessing final four weekend and the interesting thing is I don't think Villanova, like if you put a gun to my head, were they going to make the Final Four? Probably not. But it would have been interesting just to see what they would have been able to do. You know, in a wide-open year where there was really only one or two teams that you sat there and said, man, they're really good. One was Kansas, and they they beat Kansas. And the other was Baylor, and they almost beat Baylor. So, (laughs) And they're a young team. I think Jay did a great job this year. Well, there's with, a, with there, a young team. There always seems to be a great story with the Final Four or with the NCAA championship. I mean, Villanova blowing people, what they did in 2016, what they did in 2018, which is even more impressive because of the way they blew sure. people away. And last year, you had a team that got knocked out. A number one seed gets knocked out in the first round for the first time ever, and the next year they come back and win the championship in incredible fashion. Virginia. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but look at some of the stories that might have been out there this year. I mean, Dayton. You know, Dayton was probably going to be a number one seed. That might be the only time in their lives Dayton will be a number one seed with the player of the year probably or, you know, one of the candidates for player of the year. 
Yeah, what would they have done? Well, Mike, when was yeah, Dayton? Maybe, maybe, when was the last time Dayton was was this good? Like never. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember Dayton ever being more. I mean, I don't know, a four seed, a five seed, maybe. I, I don't even know if they were. You know, and now they're they're legitimately a one seed. Um, you know, how good would um San Diego State have been in the tournament? You know, what could Penn State maybe have done in the tournament? They didn't play very well the last month after the one kid got sick. But, you know, they were in the tournament. Um, it's just all those little stories, you know. That, that, you know, would Hofstra have played Villanova in the first round? Joe Mihalik versus uh, Jay. And, you know, I mean, look, in the last 10 years, Jay's only made it past the second round twice. Well, but he won the championship both times he did. I think so, we'd take that. If you're a Villanova fan, you'd take those two championships and get knocked oh, out early the rest of the time. I would take one championship yeah. for getting knocked out early. But the fact of the matter is it's one of the weirdest stats ever in history that I can think of that a team, they lost in the second round four times as a one or a two seed. That's, that's very hard to do in a 10-year in a period. But then again, they were number one or two seeds six times, was which co- is also very hard to he do. He was the coach of the decade. And he should be. Yeah. I mean, if you no, no other coach won more than one title in the decade. He The last five years, I mean, not last year, but the year, five years before that, they were a one or a two seed. They were a dominant team. They won like 30 games, I think, five straight years, um, and 29 the year before that. So, now nah, what, Jay, what Jay's got there, and if God forbid – the one kid comes back who I don't think he's going to, but there's so much uncertainty with the draft and how it's all going to work. And But he's being projected as Sadiq Bay, like a 23rd pick maybe. Um, and then they, they're saying that the freshman, I think, has entered the protocol where you would go and test yourself. Um, the really highly recruited freshman. He's not ready yet, but that doesn't stop kids from going. But if this team came back next year intact, they're number one to start the season. Yeah, they are ranked I saw that. number yeah. one. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to finish number one. It just means they would start the season with those kind of expectations. And even if Sadiq Bay leaves, they've got some players come. The kid from Abington that sat out this year, they've got a transfer kid. I mean, they'll be in the top five. All right. So, I know you've done work for a betting site. So, I want to know if there's not, any. Not, not right now. Is there anything to bet at all right now aside from horse racing? Rob, you will find this tremendously – I don't know what you'll find, it, but they, they have – actually, because I go to parks, you know, we were affiliated with parks and their sports book, and I actually have something up today. There's a golf tournament tomorrow in Florida, supposedly. Now, there was two last week that didn't get played that I just threw the information out. There's also Russian table tennis, if you can believe this. <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious. Russian so, table tennis? It's called Russian Table. It's a big thing over there. Don't ask me how they get odds for this, how they do it. There's actually basketball was going on in Taiwan and Russia. So, in fact, it's three-on-three in Russia. They have two different leagues. I'm telling you, Rob, there's darts. Um, What's the other thing? But anyway, you can bet darts. in In this golf tournament tomorrow, if they play it, John Chaney is in the tournament. Who? There is a John Chaney. He's like a 23- or 4-year-old uh, kid from um, Ohio. Right. I can't make this up. I, I, honestly, God, I can't make it up. So you're betting on John him. Chaney. He's like 300. He's going off at like, um, oh, God, what was his odds? It was, like, it was a lot. He was like a lot. 
120. Put two bucks on them. Absolutely. You can't win. You've got no shot. But you know, And then you call John up and say, John, I just bet you to win the golf tournament. <laughs> He'll tell you you're nuts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so tell me what Mike Kern has been doing during all this uh, this quarantine well, lockdown. here's the thing, and I am so fortunate, Rob, and my wife and I say this to each other every day. We are so much better off than most people financially. Um, you know, she, she works in a school, so she's been home. Um, we can get through this, and we're not going to have to worry about paying our mortgage or, or paying. You know, we have friends that, that are that are in those situations. Um, and I, I'm one of the more boring people in the world. I mean, me and her lead a simple life anyway. I watch too much TV anyway. So now you basically, you know, you're kind of glued to the TV. Um, my biggest fear was if I ever had to get quarantined and I had to go to a room that had no TV because we only have two rooms in our house that have a TV, and I don't think I could take one of those because I'd be cutting off too much of the house from her. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Columbo reruns. Um, Columbo. You, you watch, and, and it's not the fact that i got to go through like two weeks of this. I might have to go through two months of this. Right. And but you know what is the answer? You know I go to the drive-through at McDonald's maybe, and get something. I've been to the shopping store a few times, and somebody actually tested positive over there last week or a week and a half ago. Um, but what else can you do? I mean, you know, we're all in this together. I feel so bad for the people who have to work, for the people in the in the grocery store, for the people in the pharmacies, for the people. Uh, you know, Time Magazine does that thing at the end of the year. They pick, you know, the Man person of the year. Of the year or yeah. It's over. The voting is over. It is the people who are treating us. Absolutely. It's the people that are working in the hospitals. The people that are putting their lives on the line to save some of us. It, 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 it's a no-brainer. We can't thank them enough. I agree. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I won't even know where to begin or start, and it hasn't impacted me yet. It probably will impact me at some point. Somebody I know or me or my wife or, God forbid, I don't know, but somebody I know is probably going to test positive at some point. Somebody might get sick. And, uh, you know, hopefully I hope nobody I know dies from it. Or, but, you know, I, I, and I'm at, you know, I'm six, I'll be 62 next month and I'm diabetic. So my wife will be 61 and she's got asthma. So we're kind of in a high-risk group, I would say. Um, you know, I've, am I scared? Um, no. Maybe I'm naive. Maybe I should be more scared. But like my wife said to me, when you went in the grocery store, were you scared? And I said, no, I put, some, I put some hand wipes on. And, you know, I tried to be as careful as I could. But that doesn't mean I was as careful, you know. Or maybe I just shouldn't go out and get food. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Rob, I think we're all – we're all trying to figure this out together. I agree. And hopefully we'll never have to figure something like this out again. Uh, that, but my fear is that the whole process of really getting over this, I don't mean to the point where somebody says, like, I don't think on Memorial Day you can just sit there and go, okay, everybody back in the pool. What does that mean? Because let's say two, day, two weeks after Memorial Day, we undo all the good we've done by staying home for two months. That doesn't, And I don't know how, you, how we work that out. You know, I'm supposed to go to Myrtle Beach in, in July in June, Ireland in late July, and sure in August. 
I don't know if I'm going to make any of those trips. Well, and I, I, I don't, really don't. I don't think it's going to be if sports comes back. Let's say this summer, I don't think it's safe to put people in the ballpark yet or any ball. Well, any, yeah, but how do you justify? Why would you play the games then? Like because as a service, to, to, as like, a service to people, the okay, people need something to watch. If you okay. First of all, like the NHL needs the money. They're, right. they're in the worst shape of, of all because the revenues are important to them. The, but let's say you bring baseball back just arbitrarily um, July 4th, okay? And on July 11th, Bryce Harper tests positive. You've got to shut the whole thing down again. Well, you're right. That, so that's, you've got, that... when you bring it back, you have to make sure. And then, like, they're all already talking about the possibility of maybe the warmer weather will, you know, will mitigate it. Okay. But then they're talking about the possibility that maybe they get a relapse next winter. You know, well, that's why that's why there needs to be a vaccine by then. But they said the vaccine was going to take a year, Rob, well, and that was well, that now, was that was a that, month ago. That was a month ago, and they hadn't even started looking for one at that point. I know, yeah. and maybe the doctors, hey, God bless them. I, I hope when when Trump comes on and says, hopefully, I hope he's right. I I, I pray to God he's right, and and that things happen faster. I tend to take the stance, I fear the worst. And then if it's not the worst, I feel better. Right. I, you know, I mean? Err on the side of caution. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if I don't think I'm going to do anything to, like if I don't think I'm going to Ireland this year or, or the shore or whatever, and then I wind up going to those places, okay. But now I've already talked to college people, Rob. They're real worried about fall sports. As they should be. I mean, think about that. Do you want to have Penn State's opening game on September the 5th, let's say, 110,000 people in Happy Valley tailgating, going to the stadium at Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama. Really? You want to put 100,000 people together like that? So, and then if, it, if you even think further along, basketball practice starts in October. You know, um, it's just so many questions that it's impossible. Now, maybe we'll get to September and it will be mostly behind us. You know, and... And that'll be great, that, you know. And we'll get back. I mean, I don't think we'll ever get back to the lives we had, but we can get pretty close to the lives we have. I think there'll always be that in the back of our minds, like, oh my God, you know. And the first time somebody gets sick, it'll be, oh no, you know, he's got they got corona, or they, you know, I, I don't, you know. And that's why I just sit here, I watch TV, I talk to you, I do the podcast with Kevin Cooney. Um, and I basically try to stay in the house as much as possible and, um, you know, hope that at least I don't get sick. Well, that is My a, wife don't get sick. That is a new normal. Mike, we appreciate you joining us this afternoon. We'll, we will have you on a, down the road because I'd love to. Hey, Rob, if you want me to stay on longer, I can stay on longer. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let me put you on hold here, okay? You take your time. I got I got some time. <laughs> right. That's Mike Kern. We'll come back talk more with the Colonel and also uh, oh uh, well our horse guy I think is on with it, is going to come on with us too because find find out why they're still running. WIP Sports Time two twenty six. Sports Radio ninety four WIP twenty twenty Sports. I'm Joe Altamonte with live sports on an indefinite pause. No better time to reminisce with Phillies legends and Ray and Glenn did just that today with former. Phil's manager, Charlie Manuel, the 2008 world champ, talked about his all-star shortstop. Jimmy Rollins was a great talent. When I think about him, the more I think about him, uh, he was a 5-2 player. He was like uh, a Robbie Alomar type player. Uh, he was an underrated shortstop. And, and actually, when I when I look at his uh, production as a hitter, underrated player for me, Gwen. Jimmy Rollins, for me, could definitely be a Hall of Fame player. 
I praise. We'll find out in the years to come. Meanwhile, Knicks owner James Dolan said to be feeling minor symptoms and self-isolating after testing positive for the coronavirus. Dolan is the first known case of a major pro sports owner to test positive. I'm Joe Altamonte to Stream 94 WIP. Get our podcast and all the latest Philadelphia sports stories. Go to 94WIP.com. 2020 Sports on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Rob Cherry. Mike Kern, nice enough to stay on the phone with us. Uh, hang on the phone with us through the break. Mike, uh, so I asked you what you were watching. I thought you, I thought, I thought you wanted me for the whole hour, man. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to impose like that. I realize no one's what got anything. What are you imposing on? I'm watching whatever the hell I'm watching. Kentucky, Arizona, 1997. Uh, um, hold on. Who was in? Miles Ar- Simon. Yeah, the uh, Daryl Strawberry's uh, nephew, right? I yeah, I don't yeah. whatever they because Kentucky would have won three straight titles if Derek Anderson didn't get hurt because he got hurt and didn't play in the game, and then Arizona won. I remember Dick Girardi had his whole story written, and then he had to rewrite it. Um, do me a favor, just please uh, give Joe out to Monty my best. I always like Joe. Haven't seen him in a while, so um, just just give him my best. Whenever you mention Villanova, Joe's ears perk up. I know. That's, <laughs> hey, look, that's how all Villanova people should be, but that's okay. Right. They have a reason for their ears to perk up. Uh, let me ask you what you thought of Aaron McKee's first year at Temple. Uh, you know, I'm not around it as much, Rob, so I'm kind of watching it like you are. Um, I didn't expect a whole lot, but I think I expected it to be a little better than it was. Um, and I know I had some conversations with Mike Jensen about this because Mike's much more in tune than I am. And when they got picked seventh, I think, in the preseason, and Mike and I were both like, nah, we, we think they're going to finish a little better than that. And I don't think they did. I, I, I think they were like eighth, seventh, somewhere, maybe ninth. I'm not sure exactly. But it just seemed like they didn't – I don't know. They didn't have enough whatever. And, and I know he's bringing in some new players for next year, but – it's not easy. It's it's not easy. You know, people think Temple's like a natural recruiting place. You know, you play in a football league, man. I mean, I, I hate to put it like that, but it is. It's a football league, and um, you know, there's very few near ro- near road games for you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm rooting for Aaron because he's one of my faves. Um, and I think you got to give him some time. You got to give him at least a couple years to start to see it. You know going up because the last couple of years under Fran didn't go, you know, probably as they want it. Um, but it's been a while since Temple's been relevant. I mean, if you really want to think about it that way. And, you know, it's funny, Rob, you think about how things would have changed if uh, Rick Brunson didn't get into trouble that he got into, which he was, he was later exonerated of. But he got into some hassle out in Illinois that, Pretty much, I think was I think he would have been the coach at Temple instead and of. And it was, it was right around when the Cosby thing happened too. Well, it was, but it was right when Jalen Brunson was going to make his decision. Right. If Rick goes to Temple, and I, I know I've had this conversation with Rick and whatever, and I've never asked Jalen this because it wasn't fair. If Rick goes to Temple, there's no way Jalen doesn't go to Temple. I mean, let's let's be honest. You don't recruit Rick and then have Jalen go to Villanova. That wasn't happening. Everybody around Temple told me, you know, I don't mean dunk, but I mean just saying people that were Temple. So, okay, so Rick then can't be, doesn't get the Temple job. Aaron gets the Temple job. And, and Jalen goes to Villanova and wins two national titles. Now, he wasn't a big part of the first one, but he was a tremendous part of the second one. What if he had gone to Temple? 
just let's say he goes to Temple. The first year he would have done a lot more than he did at Villanova because they would have given him the ball and said, here, go play. I, if, if he stayed three years at Temple, and I'm not sure he would have, but that I think was Jalen's game plan all along, was to play three years and get his degree. Temple goes to the tournament three straight years, i got to believe, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, and does anybody threaten about Dunf? <laughs> and, but that's how the world is. You know, it's, it's like one thing happens or doesn't happen, and it changes a lot. Now, I'm not saying Villanova wouldn't have won the titles without Jalen, but having Jalen was pretty good. <laughs> you know, he, he was the national player of the year. I mean, geez. So, I don't know. Who knows? He's in a, I think he's in a good situation in Dallas as well. Yeah, I, I'm not sure any of those Villanova kids are going to be stars, let's say. Uh, but Jalen's dad played in the league for like 10 years. He knows Jalen's going to play in the league for a long time. DiVincenzo is going to play in the league for a long time. Um, I always thought Spellman had the most upside, to be honest with you. And I know he's been traded. Um, Bridges, I mean, I, I didn't follow it enough. I guess he's playing out in, Arizona, in, in Phoenix. And the other kid um, was playing for Golden State. Was playing well, Pascal, actually. Pascal. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't think any of them are going to be um, all-stars, maybe. Um, well, Josh but Hart? But they're all going to be – Josh Hart's playing well for, for, yeah. for um, uh, down in New Orleans. Um, I, I love Josh Hart. But, I, again, I, I'm not sure Josh will ever be an all-star. But he'll be a good player that you'll want to have on your team – and, you know, he's not going to be the 10th guy on your bench. He's going to play. And I think all those Villanova kids are going to play. Um, you know, it's hard to be an all-star in the NBA. You know, it really is. I mean, people think – I mean, you think about how many kids from Philadelphia. Aaron, Eddie. Um, I don't know if Curry Kittles was ever an all-star. Um, I don't know. Well, I'd have to go, like, look at recent kids. Um, I mean, Kobe certainly was, but he didn't play his college ball here. Um yeah, it's not easy, man. It's not. And all those kids, I mean, in 2018, that team was so damn good. I mean, they they just torched through that tour. I mean, they won every game by double digits. Right. That's almost impossible. I had this question last week when I was on Rob Ellis, and maybe you'd know the answer. The, aside from Sharif Miller, who really didn't – I don't think he was active for any games this year for the, uh, for the Eagles. When was the last time a kid from the public league played on the Eagles? Oh, my God. Wow, I, 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 Rob, you got me, man. I, I, Bucko Kilroy. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I mean, there's, you know, not first of all, not a lot of pub players, you know, get to that level. I mean, I remember the kid Jabari that went to Frankfurt and became like an All-Pro offensive lineman with the Saints. Um, Jahari, I can't think of his name. Um, Jari Evans. Jari Evans. Yeah, he. I mean, yeah. he was really good and went to Frankfurt. Well, Blair Thomas was the, the number. Eagles. Blair Thomas was the number two pick in the draft, but didn't play for the Eagles, obviously. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's been good players. I mean, recently I know uh, there's been almost every year one or two, but they just never play for the Eagles. So, right. you know, maybe that's a good thing. I always have a tough time local kids trying to play for the home team. I'm like, like when Mikhail Bridges got drafted, everybody was all. I thought that was the best thing that ever happened to Mikhail. Was getting just get away, go somewhere else, 
there would have been so much pressure on him here. Well, the way they, I'm not saying he couldn't have handled it. Well, the, no, guy, the guy they traded for him hasn't played at all. barely plays for the Sixers. He's been in the D League. Yeah, Smith. but that wasn't the reason they made the trade. I right. Mean, they made the trade to get – yeah, I understand. Yeah. Hey, look. It's, it, it, the Sixers drafting pattern hasn't been all that great. Right. So, but yeah. Did you uh, follow what the owner did this week? When he said he was going to cut pay 20%? What in it? Yeah, well, look. Here's a billionaire – and look, there's a reason he's a billionaire. He's very adept at doing what he does. I don't think he's a good owner. Um, but why would you do that? And doesn't someone – isn't that like in Caddyshack where the caddy's breaking all the clubs? Doesn't somebody have to tackle him right. before he does that and just say, think about this. Dave Murphy wrote a really good column uh, in the Daily News Inquirer this week um, just saying that if you if you actually figured out the money that he would have saved – I think Dave, it came out to like, let's say, $2 million. Um, and he said that's like three games. Who's the guy they just got from Boston that they signed? Al Horford. They, they said it's like four Al Horford games. You know, and, and that's, I mean, you're, you're a billionaire for crying out loud. You know, come on. You know, there's so many people nowadays. I know a lot of people that own food places. They're going through tough times. They're doing the best they can. They're telling you to go out and support as best you can, your local, you know, establishments. And here's a guy trying to take 15% or pay or, or whatever he was going to take. Come on. When Mark Cuban's down here in Dallas saying, no, we're going to, and, and, then, and then your center, your all-star center comes out and gives $500,000. I mean, it, 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 there's times, Rob, when people just don't think. They just don't. And I know people are laying people off all over. I, I get it. You know, times are tough. You, 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 whatever. Not Josh. Josh, he can afford it. He's not and, suffering. And like, yeah. Well, it's like when they said they were going to, they're going to give us this check, right, for $2,400 or whatever I'm going to get. To be honest with you, if they didn't send me a check, I'm okay because I don't need it. I would rather them give it to people that need it. Now, how do you do that? I don't know. I mean, you know, that's above my pay grade, but – I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to help all Americans, and that's a good thing. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's people lining up in soup kitchens for soup kitchens in Kensington. And I'm worried about, you know, I'm not worried about where my next meal is coming from, at least not now. Right. So I think we really, really need to be there for each other in times like this because it really is about taking care of the person next to you. And if that means not getting sick or not putting yourself in a position to get sick, well, then that's what it means. If it means giving them money, if you have it, that's what it means. If it means maybe going to a grocery store for an elderly person that maybe can't get to the grocery store or doesn't want to take the chance, you know, that's what it means. And, and you know, think, hey, think about this, Rob. We may never shake hands or hug again. You and I? <laughs> Me and you. Well, we I, never did. But I mean, think about this, though. The, the world we live in, no, we, you're hug, right. we shake hands. You're right. But, I mean, six months from now, I got to be honest with you. I don't need to shake anybody's hand. Um, you know, I'd love to hug my grandson. Um, but, I mean, the world is just going to – the weird thing about all this is, Rob, and I tweeted this out the other day. I don't know why, but I did. It's the little things that you miss, that you never even think of on a day-to-day-to-day basis. And all of a sudden, they're not there, whatever they are. You know, um, I can't go to the barbershop. Um, 
I can't have a conversation with somebody when I'm two feet away from them. Um, you know, and I'm sure I can think of a lot of other instances where you're and you know, little things like you never think of, I never think of. Um, but you know, it's just say, hey, hey, I'm, I'm going to go watch a ball game tonight. No, you're not. Not nothing <laughs> you know? spontaneous anymore, right now at least. I miss. No. Think about Rob. I'm and I'm not a big watch every game guy. Um, I'm not, even though I'm a sports guy. I, I that's not me. But I miss the highlights at night, just because it gives me something to do. You know. Oh, let's see how the Hawks did. They were playing the Timberwolves tonight. What is that? I can, you know, there's none of that. <laughs> I mean, zero. <laughs> like, and it really is like, um, you know, you adjust to it. You 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 get used to it. But my God, it's it's like, it's like you know, you're you're an alcoholic going through withdrawal. Well, maybe it, with all this, we can be a little nicer to each other. Maybe that's maybe that's what comes out of this because that's the only thing at this point I can think of that that's a true positive. We can I all be nicer. One one of the things, Rob, that I, I thought was hilarious because I'm not a big drinker. I have my moments. Everybody was worried about the liquor stores closing. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, it was like I mean, it was a serious topic of discussion. And I'm thinking, like, so unless I get my two bottles of bourbon. You can't cope? I'm, I'm not going to make it through. <laughs> now, look, if you took my Diet Coke away and my iced tea, I, I you know, I'd go nuts, too. So oh, I, I understand the premise. But I just thought, you know, oh, my God, we got to keep the state stores open. <laughs> like, right, Mike, okay. Mike, we got a break here. But uh, I appreciate you joining us. And maybe we'll get you on again next week, week after that. Rob, you know me, man. Anything for you. All right. Take care, Mike. You too, babe. Bye-bye. Mike Kern. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.